This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with uh, Auto Andy and Truck Girl Jen. Hi. Um, Happy back into the new year, full swing, and your diets are all toast. Gosh, it's already a new one. Uh, yeah, um, I've ruined all all of the resolve yes. that I've made. So we've had CES, which is kind of the biggest auto show of the year. Um, we're all back to work. We're all fat again. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are things? Good. Everything. You know, it's always a good day to be us, Nick. <laughs> and today is no exception, sir. I. It's always a very big learning curve for us on the way into the studios every morning. When we, uh, I learn a lot about everybody. Mm. Um, I learned a lot today about um, Jen thinks we're never going to have BMW back on the air because she thinks she upset them with her comments about the. Did she call? Did you call it a pig? You called their cars a pig. So it looks like it has a pig nose. <laughs> a pig nose. <laughs> you called it an angry rabbit. Well, I do, and, and I stand by the new grill of BMWs. Yeah. Looks like an angry rabbit, but I think it's a cute. I think it's cute. Yeah. It's aggressive. You know how fast rabbits run? Oh, you ever yeah. see the beagle chase a rabbit? They can run. <laughs> uh, they go. They go, baby. Um, and I think they look great. I think I am a fan of the new grill. Many are not. I am a fan of the new BMW grills. Um, but uh, Jen thinks they look like pigs. What I have sort of learned <laughs> is that um, Jen equates the front of cars to animals. No, I don't. A lot of times. No. Uh, Mustang Marquee, what does that look like, Jen, that we drove in today? Chinchilla? Yeah. <laughs> does it look like a Doberman? It looks like a bat to me. If you the Halloween bats that you see, like, uh, the, yeah. when, when you go to past a Halloween store and it has the bats. All right. You know, they do the little monograms of the bats out yeah. front of a Halloween store. That's what yeah. it looks like to me. What does it look like to you, Jen? I don't know. It looks like it's just got a funky smile on the front. A grilled like cheese a, smile? A grilled yeah. cheese smile. Spread <laughs> <laughs> <Right> apart. <laughs> Spread a hot grilled cheese smile. Very wide. <laughs> no, it's just got that slight smirky smile. Yeah. You yeah. think that could be the new Batmobile, Nick? No. Could you see Bruce Wayne hopping out of that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if it. Uh, maybe it was the uh, the four. What is this? The four hundred. Whatever that one oh, that goes. The, yeah. the fourteen hundred. Yeah. The one that does like fourteen hundred horsepower. Mm-hmm. That could be a, a Batman car. That could be. Yeah. I um, think he would be annoyed with. Uh, what is that? What's the what's the reverse? Isn't there like an inverted southpaw braking system? Oh, the one pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> reverse southpaw braking system. Just my my language translator is on in my head from Star Trek. I and it it told me what you were trying to say in yeah. your Klingon tongue. Yeah. You speak yeah. you speak Auto Andy. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> it translated for me. No, I think so. he'd be more happy with the Shelby. 
You think Batman you? would rather have a Shelby? Uh-huh. I don't know. Actually, Batman probably has an electric car bit now because he wants to come in silently. He swoops down when people oh. aren't expecting him and then does his dastardly damage and, and point. gets out. Good point. Or his dastardly goodness. Okay, right. so we have to I wait know. for the electric GT. Well, I, that's what... <laughs> The Mustang GT. No, I'm not talking about the Mustang. Mustang Mach-E GT. I'm talking is about electric the GT. GT it 500 is, or 500 GT. The big, you know, the expensive one. The su- oh, the super. The supercar one. The one with gas in it. Oh, <coughs> yeah. Just the regular. Yeah, GT. just the regular. Mine's regular a GT one. and it's an electric. Yeah. Just saying. I think mm. he would. No, you're the electric. You're right on that. He would. I think he would. Yeah, um, I mm-hmm. definitely. He's quiet. Bats are quiet. You don't yeah. hear bats unless there's a lot of them. You just hear the occasional <laughs> flap, um, but they don't beep when they back up, like uh, like the electric cars. Occasional flap. Yep. Do you have you? Do you? Know, you're bright red right now. Uh, do you know? Do you know what annoys me is a lot of things. Sound, yes. Yeah. I'm an angry person. <laughs> do you know what really annoys me is the noise electric cars make when they go under 20 miles an hour. Yeah. They have to make a noise so so pedestrians know that they're there. Mm-hmm. Sound like little uh, wind-up cars. Yeah. No. And I have to say, however much I love Toyota with all of my heart, the sound that they make when they reverse and when they go under 20 miles an hour is the most... It sounds like someone's brakes are stuck. It's like uh, really painful to listen to. That hurts. I mean, whoever came up with that in a lab was like, how can we make this the most painful thing that you listen to? Horrible. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. I mean, there are sounds electric cars make. For instance, the new AMG EQS from, from Mercedes mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Like, it sounds like a video game. In fact, bec- how addicted to video games I am, <laughs> I want to drive that car all the time. It's the perfect marriage of video game and electric car. Oh, man. I'm just... I adore it. It's amazing. And the I-Pace from Jaguar, the sound of that was made by the guy that did the sounds from Judge for Judge Dredd, the movie. Wouldn't so, that be exciting if they let us pick the sounds? Ooh. So could you imagine like the Mario Brothers sound going down dun, the road dun, or, you know, dun, whatever? Dun, 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 I think dun, dun, they should make that an option. That Do you, would be, yeah, well, great. there's two things I have to add to this conversation mm-hmm. before we get on to adult things. <laughs> One is... Um, you know, every Rolls-Royce Mini and BMW has the same sound in it, the same sound chip in it, because they're the same company. Mm-hmm. So there is apparently a way to hack it and change <laughs> oh, your car to any sound that you want. So you can say any Mini to have a Rolls-Royce sound or a BMW sound, and the same with, with any BMW or Rolls-Royce. So technically, your Rolls-Royce could have a Mini sound. In it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, nice. Which might That'd be, be a, so cute. A little, I don't know. Not if you've paid five hundred thousand dollars for a car, it might not be cute. Uh, that that's one thing. The other thing is, did you know this is by the by? I mean, we could make a connection here because you can get Alexa in cars. But did you know, you know, your Alexa alar- alarm sounds, you can change. You know, you Grand Tour, the the Amazon TV show with the guys. You can have the, your alarm sounds have the guys from Grand Tour wake you up. Hmm. Yeah, I found that out last night when I was setting my alarm. You we can need choose. to sign you up for that service. Yeah, so, so you I can wake, wake them up. up. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Get out of bed, you cheeky something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dot com. Expletive. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Get out of bed or I'll tickle your bum. 
<laughs> yeah, we need oh, that. We did need you that. choke on your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. See the mess she just made. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, good morning to you, Nick. All right, what's well, on the show today? Uh, Brian Cotter's going to be here. He is from Mercedes-AMG. He's going to talk about the new SL, the 2022. I drove this vehicle, but I can't tell you anything about it because it's under embargo. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, um, but he can. He can. Well, maybe he can. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the SL was voted the uh, the best sports car in history. Um, it is one of the most beautiful cars uh, Mercedes have ever made. I like the very first ones with those gullwing doors uh, that come up on the roof. Uh, they're so beautiful. They've never done that again. They're beautiful. Why haven't they done that again? Can they bring it back for their for their next anniversary? Well, no, no, no. Well, ask Brian. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna. Say, yeah, can I ask him? Or you yeah, ask him. No, you ask him. I want the seagull doors back. That gullwing. That those two and a new one called seagull. It's seagull doors. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that? It might smell is of that fish. That's for the Seattle people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it might for, poop yes. everywhere, but it would be pretty. It would be organic. Um, oh my gosh. We're gonna find out <laughs> about uh, Ford, the Ford Bronco, and how it's gonna have uh, parts made from recycled ocean plastics. They won't smell of the sea. Apparently, which I find sad when they've come from the ocean. Yeah. Uh, CES just happened, and Mike Quadell is going to be joining us. He's the other part of our auto expert. He's going to tell us all about what he saw at CES. We're also going to find out about Maserati. They have a very big year ahead in 2022. And the president of the company is going to join us on the show today. Andy is going to give us a rundown of what the new 2022 Honda Civic Hatchback Touring Edition has in store for you. And if we have time, the new Mazda MX-30 Carbon Edition. He's uh, he's driven that. And uh, he, what? Is that the CX-30? Mm, yeah, CX-30. Oh, CX-30, did I say? I mean? Ca- carbon Edition. CX-30. Yeah. Yeah, the no, CX thirty. You know what that means when you hold a C up. It's you can't do language. that to somebody. It's in sign language. It's a C. Yeah, you know what that means. It means what? you have thirty seconds left. Well, it, when it you also, hold that you up, do. No, it, just kidding. it also <laughs> means you're from you're from you the crypt. Yeah, you can't say that. Yeah, you have to do that. You have th- that means thirty seconds. Well, you That's need all to you learn have sign language. Oh yeah, for the radio show. C X CX thirty carbon edition. Uh, Anton Warman joining us, and we'll uh, we'll take a look at uh, the news. We'll cover some of the other things that we saw at CES, including something that has nothing to do with cars, but uh, there is, was a toothbrush at CES that tells you what teeth you missed, how hard you're brushing, and if you're not brushing hard enough. And why would you have that when you already have parents? What? Yeah. Another thing to tell you me I'm doing, doing something disappointing. Yeah, get, I know, right? Yeah. Mine would just say, it's too hard. Do it You're again. brushing wrong. You're yeah. brushing wrong. You know, are your wiper blades uh, are your wiper blades shattering, skipping, or squeaking? Uh, don't compromise your uh, visibility with uh, streaks or smearing on your window. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts, the professional parts people. They will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly O'Reilly Auto Parts with uh, every with even what well, you know what they'll do. They'll even install your wiper blades for free of charge uh, see better drive safer with new wiper blades at o'reilly auto parts and andy that is directed at you why because your car needs new wiper blades yeah and, uh, yeah i need i need brake fluid you do too what? 
Is that a real thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like I don't food? even know. Is that a Oh, I don't know. I'm. Oh, my gosh. Go <laughs> check your car when you're done here. <laughs> you need help. Uh, you can find it at ourautoexpert.com. Stand by. We're going to talk AMG from Mercedes coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert podcast is available 24-7. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. With Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen in the pits today. Uh, so the opportunity has uh, has been amazing to uh, drive over the last two years, some great Mercedes-Benz. Uh, I had the opportunity to drive the EQS, uh, the EQS AMG, which uh, all electric vehicles. And of course, the EQS was their uh, first really big S-Class uh, electric vehicle. And then they went for the AMG version. Uh, this is the first all-electric AMG that Mercedes-Benz have produced. Um, I have to say, mouth-dropping on both of them. And uh, to, to drive the first AMG version of uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, was just absolutely incredible. And at the same time, uh, we've had the opportunity to talk about the Mercedes-Benz uh, ASL. Now, to give you a little bit of a background on the SL, um, the AMG SL is the new edition of the Icon. It returns to its roots with a classic soft top and a sporty character at the same time. The luxurious Roadster, it's a 2 plus 2 seater, is practically suitable for everyday use and puts its power down on the road with all-wheel drive for the first time. High-tech components such as the AMG Active Ride Control, suspension with active anti-roll stabilization, rear axle steering, and potentially available AMG chromatic high-performance composite brake system. They're also available in combination with the handcrafted AMG 4-liter V8 turbo engine. Now, this results in a driving experience of uh, the highest order. Now, I can't tell you how my experience was because that is still under embargo. Uh, but this luxury performance AMG is crafted in, Alf, uh, um, in, the, in, have to get the pronunciation right, because I've been there and my German, although I speak it sometimes uh, because I grew up in Germany, but I was fairly young, uh, Alfitterbach which is where the AMG factory is. Uh, it was developed, uh, they, they developed the SL right there completely independently. Um, they had developed two models with the AMG V8 engine uh, to kick off the market launch. Almost 70 years ago, the sporty car launched in Stuttgart. Immediately it became a legend. The version of the expanding uh, lineup of potential Mercedes-Benz brand through the motor racing uh, program that they had really produced the AMG as a highly successful car and a road-going racing sports car, which is what everybody wanted. You know, they watched Mercedes race these vehicles on the track, and then they wanted to own something that they could have as an everyday driver, and that's really what the company offered everybody. You know, shortly after its debut in 1952, the SL300, uh, which was internally called the W194, uh, reaped the success from the racetrack of the world and became a great seller. In its first year, 
It achieved, amongst other things, a spectacular 1-2 uh, victory in the legendary 24 Hours of Le Mans and even took the first four places in the Nürburgring Grand Jubilee Prize for its sports car class. It succeeded in uh, really quickly becoming a legend and the SL, of course, most of us remember from having the beautiful gullwing doors, which is the one that I think everybody really wants to own. The successful racing car was then followed in 1954 by the uh, 300SL production sports car, which was the W198, which was called, of course, the Gullwing. Um, because it's really unusual doors, in 1999, a jury of motoring journalists voted it the sports car of the century. And I think probably um, that that is one of the awards that I would say is pretty much unturnable. There is nobody that can question that award uh, being the sports car of the century. And and many times I've sat back and looked at that Gullwing, the, uh, the 1954 300 SL, and wondered why that Mercedes have never brought it back. Uh, because I, I think pretty much looking at the Gullwing from 1954, the 300 SL, I just... I think there's nothing like it. I mean, people find them in barns nowadays and they go for hundreds of thousands of dollars, even unrestored, because they're just such an amazing vehicle. And iconically, you see them on front of magazines all the time. Um, but I think just because of safety reasons and just because of the expense and the difficulty of engineering, they've never really been recreated. Um, the uh, I, I think the, the, that SL from 1954 still remains to be one of the only cars that has never been uh, really replaced. There's nothing that has come after it that has been so grand as that. Uh, there has been great cars in the lineup of SL, the in 1971 to 89, which was built uh, for 18 years, the uh, R129, which was considered an automotive sculpture because of its striking wedge shape, the abbreviation SL uh, to its to the day that stands for, of course, uh, one of the greatest sports cars in all history. Now, this new SL. Um, is absolutely outstanding and will probably go down as one of the best cars in history. Um, I would encourage everybody to, to get in deep and have a look at it. Exterior design, absolutely stunning, and it has been for uh, absolutely many years. The new SL's design looks absolutely great. Interesting facts about uh, the AMG SL at a glance. Dimension with a 2 plus 2, it still has that muscular proportions and improves really for everyday practicality. You can actually get to two people in the back quite comfortably. It's made with aluminum structure. Uh, no part of the body shell was adopted from the predecessor or any other model in the series. For the first time in 70 years, the SL is available in all-wheel drive, and the AMG Performance Formatic uh, distributes the drive performance fully variable to the front and to the rear wheel. So you can imagine that the driving language is absolutely amazing of this vehicle. I will tell you in the weeks to come what the driving was like, but until now, it's still embargoed, uh, the driving performance of the uh, Mercedes-Benz SL. Uh, an outstanding vehicle. 
um, and an outstanding history, especially going back to that 300 SL from 1954. Still one of the most outstanding sports cars in history. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Oh, well, I'll tell you that uh, our auto expert find us on YouTube or on the TikToks. Do you have the TikToks, Andy? I have it downloaded. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messengers at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Automatic Andy, Truck Girl Jen, you can find them there as well. I'm Nick Miles. Uh, Andy, do you enjoy saving the environment? I some days I feel like Captain Planet. You do? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you recycle stuff? All the time. Do you? I go out. Of, I bend over backwards despite it hurting <laughs> my arthritis. Is there video of that? Uh huh. Okay. Because you know I want to save Mother Earth. A Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see you bending over backwards. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of companies doing uh, things for uh, cars to uh, to help Mother Earth. Um, bending we, over backwards. We should. Grandmama Earth. Grandmama Earth. Yeah, some of us are, are young, some of us are old, depending on your 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 status. It could be your grandma, your grandmama, or you know your mom, or I suppose your sister. <laughs> but really, just it's mom. Um. So, what happens when you put stuff in the recycling? It makes it easier for Mother Earth to digest. Okay, that's good. That's how I learned it. Uh, it does, but also some of those things end up back in uh, car parts as well. And they grow some stuff to put in cars, you know? Yeah. They, uh, Mercedes growing mushrooms in two weeks to make them into seats of cars. You have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> Not to consume uh, the new uh, car that they had at CES this week, uh-huh. which was uh, the EQXX. Did I get that right? Yes, EQXX. That's the, uh, the EQXX was the Mercedes Vision EQXX. They uh, they announced that uh, just before CEX, the EQXX. Um, I, I that, promise you that maybe. I will buy, those will be the only mushrooms I buy. If I can go to the store and get AMG shiitakes. <laughs> AMG shiitakes? Yeah. Uh, you would, well, then, no, they grew, um, they grew the EQXX uh, seats okay, out cool. of mushrooms. It takes just two weeks. Actually, it was a, it was a supplier of them. But they uh, they wouldn't let me lick the seats in the EQXX to test them oh, to see COVID. if they were. Oh. If it wasn't COVID, if time, it wasn't you COVID, would, yeah. I would be allowed to lick the seats. Yeah. Uh, so we gave you a little preview of the new uh, SL. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. Um, I did get to to drive it. Of course, you know, Mercedes are pretty strict about what I can uh, I can talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, you know, you can you can drive it, but they want to make sure that everybody around the world gets the opportunity to uh, to drive the vehicle um, at the same time. And then uh, when they get to drive the vehicle, uh, then they can all talk about it at the same time. So uh, um, when we all talk about it at the same time, then we have to do it, uh, you know, all our release our stories at the same time. Boom. And then when we release our stories at the same time, um, then it's then we're all fair because then, you know, everybody has driven it. Everybody does it at the same time. Sometimes they grant me favors and I can talk about it early. But sometimes. Uh, but sometimes. But this time um, I you gotta play ball. I have to play ball. And I have to do it at the same Fine. time. Fine. Because there's a lot to say about it. There's so much to say about it. And we'd be happy to be the ones that uh, that say it first. All right. All right. Well, so um, 
So guess know? who I have on the air for you? It's a, already Brian's here. Brian is uh, Brian Cotta from uh, AMG, Mercedes AMG. Hi, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Hello, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> so, so I have a question about this, uh, the new SL. Um, sure. Are we ever going to see gullwing doors again? I think the days of the gullwing doors might have uh, uh, gone past. But oh, no. if you'll remember, the, the last gullwing that we had, the SLS, um, that had to already go against quite a few new regulatory requirements back yeah. in, what, 2012, 13? That actually had um, some kind of uh, explosive charge built into the hinge for the door in case of a rollover. So I think with safety standards going even further these days, it would be nearly impossible for us to mass produce something like that. Whoa. That's you, what we thought. I no mean, even, even with uh, even with the headrests, you have still have to have explosive charges now, don't you, to uh, to have the yes. roll bars come up? Um, yes, yes. Do you have a guy, um, um, AMG, who his job is just to, uh, to check the explosive charges work? I don't know about that, but I, I wouldn't want that job personally. I yeah. would. You know, I, <laughs> Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one for the team, and I, I know I don't work for you guys, but I'm going to go to my local Congress people and see about this because I feel like we need those doors back. So I'm going to fight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on my back and make it my responsibility, sir. The, well, I appreciate that. I'll be the first one to sign the petition. Uh, the, uh, the, the SL, 70 years, uh, that's quite a weight on um, your, your shoulders to come back with an SL that uh, has 70 years of history, right? It is. It's arguably one of the most iconic cars of all time, but certainly in the Mercedes portfolio, and there's a lot of expectations for it. You can't, um, you can't have a higher-profile car in our lineup than the SL. It's a brand shaper. It's a halo vehicle. So there's always... Uh, Huge expectations, and I think the folks at AMG have really uh, knocked it out of the park on this one. And I, I hope, I hope you agree. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, you came up with some firsts as well. Um, it's ha it's it's difficult in a sense to to go forward and say uh, here's a car we have some firsts with because ultimately um, we have a vehicle that's absolutely amazing, but you've also had some firsts. I mean, this is the first all-wheel drive. It's the first time that, you know, it was AMG didn't take an SL and develop it from the SL. They sort of developed their their version of it. I mean, there's a lot of firsts with this vehicle, right? Yeah, that's right. So like you mentioned, this is the first time we've had an all-wheel drive SL. Um, like you also said, AMG developed this from the ground up. So there's no Mercedes-Benz version of this SL. It's always an AMG. Uh, so there's really um, no compromises made in, in the engineering of the chassis or the suspension or whatnot. But this is also the first SL we've had that have had uh, rear axle steering. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, not only does it make it easy to drive at slow speeds, but it's great for performance on a track, too, if you're so inclined. And then we've also got some first in a whiles for the SL. It's the first time it's been a soft top in quite a while, and it's the first time we've had an available back seat in several decades. So we're not only doing all new firsts, but we're going back to some of the uh, the formulas that made the SL great in the past. It's interesting that uh, driving this vehicle from, um, you know, LA area to Palm Springs, there was guys camped out at the hotel um, in LA just photographing the vehicle. Like fans showed up <laughs> for the whole days and they were sitting there in the parking lot just taking pictures of them. And that's the sort of you know, often when we do these ride and drives, I mean, people will walk past and goes, holy, what's that? Let's take some pictures. But people showed up for a whole day just taking pictures. 
yeah, the the car kind of takes on a, a celebrity status of its own. It's it's a car that people grew up seeing in movies and TV shows, and they associate it with like Hollywood and and celebrities and all of this. So it's I don't know. It, it it is cool. Like when you drive around in a new SL, you're always kind of the center of attention. It's always going to be the car that gets parked by the valet right at the front of the restaurant or hotel. It's it has a, a great following. One of the things that's also really hard, I think, too, is that for the designers you have to create an iconic design and it can't really be the design of the last one or the one before, but it also has to carry the lines forward. So everyone has to look at it and go, yes, it looks like an SL, but it can't, it has to be something new. And so people are going to have to look at this in five years time and go, that's an iconic car, but you can't recognize it as an iconic car either. So it has to take on a life of its own. And that's, that's difficult because it can't immediately be an iconic car when you look at it, but it has to become an iconic car. And I, th- I think I looked at it for the first time and didn't recognize it. I recognize it as an SL, but didn't recognize it as an iconic car. And after looking at it back and forth and back and forth, I start now to see it more. It's growing to be an iconic car. And, and they they succeeded in that because now when I recognize it on the road, I'm going to go, oh, that's the 2022. And that's exactly what they were supposed to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you nailed it. And I, we appreciate that feedback, of course. And it's interesting you mentioned every SL is, is an icon, but they're also a radical departure from each SL the prior generation, right? So no two SLs have really looked incredibly similar, but their designs have all aged incredibly well. And if you look uh, at some of the details, there are some design and DNA elements of the cars that, I guess, go generation to generation, but not in an incredibly obvious way. So a good example, I think, on the new SL, you look at the interior of the car. You've got a big center screen, a digital gauge cluster, but you've also got that kind of incorporated into what we call an analog design. So it's got a big hood over the gauge cluster, much like you would see in like a a 300 SL, for instance. And even the center stack, it's simplistic and it's uh, very high tech, but it wouldn't necessarily look out of place uh, in in like a prior generation SL because it it all just kind of fits seamlessly into this dashboard structure. Even, uh, yes. Yeah, even now, just editing my video and writing my story, it's starting to, it's growing on me more and more. And I think, you know, in, in five years' time, I'm going to appreciate this car 10 times more than I do today. And I'm already excited about the vehicle. So, when can people uh, test drive this? When can people actually uh, buy it? Um, when can people uh, begin to love it in their driveways? So I think the the most realistic expectation would be either the beginning of uh, the second quarter or the end of the first quarter. Uh, As everyone knows, there's a lot of disruptions in the automotive industry at this time, so it's a little bit um, hit or miss. But it it shouldn't be uh, too much after, like, March or April or or something like that. All right. And then we'll have them on the roads before then in the hands of trainers doing demos at dealerships. So if a customer is interested – they could reach out to a dealer and uh, and see when they're going to have a demo in to, to check it out for themselves. Brian, it's it's an amazing vehicle, and congratulations. I mean, Mercedes just uh, and, and AMG just keeps nailing it time after time, and especially after the EQS. I, I didn't, the AMG EQS, I didn't think it could get better, but it obviously has. Uh, Brian Cotter is from Mercedes AMG. The new SL will be at dealers soon, and you can buy it in March. Stand by. More Our Auto Expert on the way. 
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners live, iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com, where 2 million listeners get their automotive news daily. Truck Girl Jen and Automatic Andy in the studio with us today. Dr. Debbie joining us from Ford. She is one of those people that's in charge of saving the planet. Uh, Nothing on your your shoulders at all, Dr. Debbie, right? You know what? I love my job, so I'm happy to participate in saving the planet. So let me ask you this. Uh, we were looking at the news, the Ford Bronco now becoming uh, the first vehicle to feature the parts made from 100% recycled ocean plastic. Is this true for all of the Ford Bronco sports, or is this something that's happening just now in the 2022s? So we went into production um, late last year, in November of last year, with uh, a wire harness clip, so it's seat clips on the Ford Bronco Sport that are made from 100% ocean plastic. We're proud because that's our first. It's a small part, but we wanted to let you guys know that we have five parts that are in testing that are doing great. So there's transmission channels, there's wire harness shields, there's floor side rails coming for later this year okay because i have a 2021 and i was wondering if it had any you know ocean plastics in it that's why i was when, asking. when did you purchase it uh <laughs> november 2020 no december 2021 so it was one of the early My ones guess is you have it yes okay. you do okay good nice. yes yes good okay well um i've saved some of the ocean that's awesome I guess. yay so, yay, yay. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you, you guys are really trying to, and there's a lot of stuff. We've talked to you about the, the coffee. We've talked to you about the soy in the seats. I mean, there's a lot going on at Ford in trying to help with the production and recycling and making sure that some of these uh, things that have polluted our environment and some things that we can grow in our environments are really working towards uh, helping us using manufacturing processes to reduce the impact in the environment. How do this whole process start of learning that there was a possibility of using some things that normally pollute our environment, like the plastics in the ocean, be available to use in vehicles? Yeah, so it's all about looking at trying to make the economy of the globe more circular. One man's waste is another man's gold. Um, We've learned a lot. We've been at this for 20 years, but really it was the news um, about the problems with uh, ghost gear or ocean fishing nets that sort of brought our team to its knees. Like these nets roll around in the ocean and they kill marine life countless. One net can just keep killing and killing and killing sea turtles and dolphins um, and seabirds. And so it doesn't degrade. It takes hundreds of years to degrade. And so we wanted to create value for those nets so that fishermen would be much less likely to discard them. And that's what we've done is proven that that material, everyone told us that that material would not be durable enough for automotive components. And when we retrieved the nets, sorted, cleaned, and made parts out of them, they were as good and better than the material we had currently been using. And so realistically, we can use this for many parts. And, and the five parts that you have, so you have this clip, um, this wire harness clip, 
which was yep. the first thing that you used in December in 2021. Uh, what are the other four parts that you're, you're working on? Uh, transmission channel brackets, wire harness shields. So these are really parts that guide wiring throughout the vehicle. Um, the, the bottom line here is we're replacing a nylon six, which we use extensively right. in vehicles with the fishing nets. And so, um, as long as we can get them and, you know, somebody once complained to me that, oh my gosh, Debbie, what if we run out of supply? I go, that's my dream come true. Right. Running out. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, now you're always obviously working on, on things. Is there, is there going to be other things that you're working on in the future that use up uh, other waste products that are lying around the planet that we could consume um, or use more of that uh, normally go into landfills or normally sit around polluting the planet that we can actually yeah. consume? Yes, and I'm so excited about it. If you visited my laboratory in Dearborn, Michigan, you would see something that looks somewhere between a farm and a landfill. Um, there are Ooh. so many materials that we are looking at right now. We're looking at rice. Well, we already put rice hulls in, but we're looking at almond shells and walnut shells, um, coconut coir, agave from the tequila industry. So just about every industry produces agricultural side products or waste. And those can be made into polymeric composite materials. And then when you look at the recycling side, people are throwing out high-value materials everywhere. We're looking at recycled uh, currency, dollar bills, that are going to be burned um, to get rid of them. After they're shredded, we make composites out of those. Uh, I was just reading the other night that someone's looking at hair clippings. So we all get haircuts. And that material ends up going into landfill in plastic bags, and it has high mechanical properties. And so the, I think the opportunity is endless. I would. I, I'm trying to start um, using um, all dollar bills and and money to do some recycling myself. So if you could send me a bunch, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of doing some recycling projects. Just saying. So so funny. The Federal Reserve sent our laboratory bags and bags and bags of. Um, completely destroyed money, and when we opened it, we said maybe we should glue this stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might, you know, if you put it in a soda machine, the soda machine might recognize it had been glued together. Unfortunately, <laughs> Un unfortunately, <laughs> and they probably do a pretty good job of shredding it. I mean, for years though, you've also used uh, things like recycled water bottles in in some of your door panels and those sort of things already, right? Oh yes, we've used billions and billions of water bottles. You know, that one's kind of an easy one. Um, because those materials are clean, they only had one use. So we're looking at all those opportunities as well. But, you know, the ones that really intrigue me is getting everybody on board that um, materials that you've never heard of before or these uh, shells from lobsters, from shrimp that we all enjoy eating. Well, I don't, I'm vegetarian, but um, all those ways products nobody knows what to do with them and they're high quality materials that no mother nature is providing to us so we should use them for every potential application that we can oh, now now dr debbie hear, hear me out real quick because we're all talking about the ocean and everything and and recycling yeah. what if we did a digital dash cluster but 
it was see-through and we could put a couple of beta fish in it and a limited edition Bronco fish <laughs> oh fork. My gosh. Oh my I feel oh, like... Oh, that sounds like fun, doesn't yeah. it? And then just has a little <laughs> reservoir on the side that you can put little pellets in for, for little for little the two beta fish to eat. And it then you could just hot, have that. probably. But then but we oh, have... we have you're the... in Michigan? It'd be too cold. Yeah, well, there you go. We have, we, have the, we have the power now to self-regulate the heating coils and the digital dash. I think uh, they would probably prefer to be in the ocean without fishing nets. Yeah, exactly. Just saying. I just it, we could or do see-through plastic. <laughs> so but I do appreciate creativity here because yeah. this is how you have to think outside the box. Yes, people Andy. laugh at our group yeah. every day, <laughs> and some of these things come true. Some All of right. these things come true. Perfect, Doctor Debbie from Ford. We thank you for being on the show. You'll find out more at our Auto Experts. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where two million Americans gather automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy and, of course, Truck, Ju- truck Girl Jen. Uh, you have no part in this next segment because we're not talking about trucks, Jen. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite segment. Oh, it is? Yeah. We're talking about uh, Maseratis. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Bill Peffer is joining us from Maserati. He is the new big cheese over at uh, Maserati. Bill, welcome to the show. Um, I have been to um, Maserati uh, headquarters in Michigan, but unfortunately never been to the uh, Maserati headquarters in uh, Italy, although I have driven many Maseratis in uh, around Europe and had a wonderful time uh, doing so, uh, much in love with the brand. Um, they are one of my favorite brands in the world. And you have had quite an astonishing last few years with some great vehicles coming out, especially the MC20, which I'm very glad to say that... Uh, one of my uh, great friends, uh, Klaus uh, Busi, has uh, designed. Um, you must be very proud of that vehicle as well because it's getting much acclamation around the world. Well, first of all, good morning, Nick. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to get you out to, uh, to our headquarters in Modena, Italy, as soon as we can. Uh, we'd love to have you to host you and, and show you what's, uh, what the future, the near future, looks like with Maserati. But you're right. Uh, the MC20 has been a smashing success. We are making the first deliveries. Uh, last month, and uh, as I think we've discussed in the past, when I saw you in uh, Pebble Beach a few months back, uh, all of our model year 22 uh, allocation has been subscribed. So we have buyers for all of the cars that we plan on building through the it's 22 amazing. calendar year. Yeah, it's uh, it's just an amazing car, and I know that uh, all those people who are pre-ordering it were waiting very uh, anxiously to get their deliveries. But for those of us who uh, who are not on that pre-order list, uh, we'll have to wait for uh, the other Maseratis in the stable. But it's been quite a year for you. Uh, you have quite a lot of new vehicles uh, for 2022, uh, some special editions, and some quite refreshed and some beautiful uh, 2022s coming to the United States and Canada uh, this year. Uh, the lineup remains very strong. SUVs seem to be probably the biggest part of your lineup now, even though uh, the history for Maserati has been in the performance car. Uh, the modern buyer seems to be in love with a lot of the SUV uh, derivatives and special editions that you've come forward with. Well, that's correct. And you're exactly right. For 20, we had a great 21, uh, and Maserati 
not only did we improve our volume, but we balanced our mix, which allowed us to improve our volume to be in line with the luxury market. And that means CUVs, SUVs, luxury performance SUVs. And as you know, we have the Maserati Levante SUV, which is our top seller. It picked up over two points of share in 2021, up 80% from 2020. And overall, our sales were up 48%. We grew fourfold with our competitive segment. So we're really excited. And that's with the SUV, Levante, and then our two sedans, our, our laudable uh, Maserati Ghibli and our Maserati Quattroporte. Uh, lots of great news to talk about with these vehicles. For model year 22, we've simplified the lineup and reduced our complexity by about half. And we did that by introducing three trims, very simple across the range. First is the GT, which is the more urban and contemporary trim. It features a 345-horsepower V6 engine across the range. Next up is the motor trim, which is our more sporty trim. This is where the volume of our sales come from, and it features a 424-horsepower V6 engine and an aggressive front and rear faces on top of our already uh, award-winning design. Uh, for the Levante, we have a, 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 a trim that's just special for the U.S. It's called the Modena S, and it features a 550-horsepower derivative of the V8 that is built by Ferrari for the Maserati brand. And at the top of the range, for the first time, we have a Trofeo collection, which is the essence of what Maserati stands for. Two sedans and one SUV, all carrying a 580-horsepower V8 engine. These vehicles are the fastest in their respective class with top speeds in the sedan case of 203 miles an hour and with our Levante, 187 miles an hour. Oh, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously when you say 580 horsepower, that uh, that really does get my heart racing. And the, but the finishes, you know, apart from performance and you being the only brand that has those derivatives from the Ferrari engine, um, which, of course, uh, um, exciting in themselves. Uh, really, what Maserati has, is sta- stands for is, as well as performance, is this absolutely exquisite design and, of course, this exquisite fit and finish. And these special editions just really reinforce that. I mean, first of all, these beautiful colors that you really have captured uh, far beyond and ahead of many of your competitors and before many of the other brands have captured these beautiful matte and gray colors that you've come out with uh, before anybody else uh, did this in the market. You went ahead and really pioneered doing this with your vehicles and they've remained being the sort of key and the hallmark of the brand, these absolutely outstanding uh, colors and designs on the exterior of your vehicles far ahead. And I think one of the things that you have a steeped advantage in is, you know, Moderna and that part of the world remains sort of the, the furniture and design capital of the world. And you sort of have that advantage above many of the, uh, car companies that you are seeing and feeling those fashions far beyond they do. You're right. You're right. And we created a customization program, right? So that we really provide maximum flexibility for our customers. We're very discerning to make the Maserati an expression of themselves. And it's through our Maserati Ford Ferry customization program, really bespoke options for really uh, anyone that wants to configure their car to their personal taste. We leveraged that program. We've come up with a couple special editions for 2022. And you mentioned with the special colors. Uh, one is called the, uh, the F-Tributo Limited Edition. And this limited edition 
uh, leverages our recent heritage. And there are a limited number. There's about 150 of them are selling in the U.S. Um, there's a deep connection with our racing-inspired uh, history, right? F stands for, and the Attributo name stands for Frank Fangio. The driver who made his mark, and the Tributo meaning uh, homage or tribute to, to the, the racing heritage. These cars come in two colors, right? A really deep red. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Rosso Tributo. It's beautiful. It's the color of Italian motorsports. Or you can go with a bright, vibrant blue called Azuro Tributo, which reminds us um, that the blue is one of the colors of the home city in Modena, uh, which is, as you know, Maserati's home. So really excited. Those are at the dealers now, uh, very limited quantities. The other one we have, which is even more exclusive, is called the Fragment Special Edition. And this was through a collaboration with uh, Hiroshi uh, Fugirawa, who is the Japanese godfather of street culture. And there's only 175 of these vehicles globally. And so there's less than 50 of them in the U.S. And they're in a monochromatic uh, black or white scheme with cool body-colored wheels, 20-inch wheels. Uh, interiors are premium leather and Alcantara trim on the headliner and other parts of the, the vehicle. And it's got a very special grill, an iconic grill, which is part of this, this partnership we have uh, with, with, with uh, Mr. Fukiwara. So we're super excited about those. Those are difficult to find. There's only about 50 of them, but those are hitting the dealerships now as well. And I think they also have those blue seatbelts, which I think uh, which is that sort of touch, even though they're very black and very dark and sort of very sinister in a sense, too. The blue seatbelts just set it off as well. They do. The seatbelts are a different color. The silver inserts, vertical stitching, trident on the headrest, all contrasting colors. And what's really cool is they all have a special designation on the fender, which the the Alpha Manette designation, which uh, the first tag seals the partnership. First four characters are for the Ghibli ID code. The next are for the date of the first meeting when the collaboration was uh, started, which was November 5th of 2019. And then the final ones are the acronym for Fragment. So it's really... It's. Um, I love the beautiful idea that um, uh, you know, Madonna is uh, has the the blue and the yellow, and uh, even though you know many of the things that you do uh, attribute still to different uh, people around the world, and still to some of your race drivers, uh, you still attribute things uh, different colors around the world. You still come back to the blue and yellow in some form in some cars uh, and still attribute everything back to the flag of Moderna in some way um, to your cars. Uh, It doesn't matter how far you stray and how many people you honor, whether it be in Tokyo or to drivers, but there's still always a resemblance to the flag of where everything began in Moderna at some point in your vehicles. And that to me is always heart rendering uh, because it's great to see uh, that sort of marriage back to the original colors of the Moderna flag. You're right. And, and as you know, the brand is over 100 years old. Right? Every, it's, it's in the Stellantis lineup, the, the merger that occurred uh, at the beginning of last year. We sit among 13 brands uh, as the only luxury global brand in the portfolio. So it really gives us, with the resources that the group has provided us, it really gives us the the license to do fun things like this and, and, and really take advantage of uh, the heritage of the brand, familiarity with the brand, and globalization of the brand. A very, very unique position for yeah. Maserati versus everyone else in the market. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really incredible, Bill. I'd love to spend more time with you. Um, I think we uh, we probably have a visit that we need to schedule together, and uh, we need to spend some time together. And I'm I'm very glad that we have one of the uh, the greatest uh, Maserati dealerships in Portland, Oregon, that I can visit quite regularly and uh, spend some time with Steve Wintermantle down here, which sure. is uh, he's one of the great uh, Maserati guys who knows his cars back to front. Uh, because if I if I had to travel uh, all the way all the time to Europe to drive them it would be very sad but uh, luckily I have a source here as well too uh, Bill uh, uh, Pepper is the CEO of Maserati Americas for, uh, for some of the greatest cars ever this is our auto expert we'll be right back you're listening to our auto expert locally created this is our auto expert podcast it's available yes you got it uh, 24-7 uh, from the Northwest. You can hear our auto expert in the Southeast. Uh, our auto expert uh, is here 24-7, all the past shows. You can see automotive videos, read insider car stories about your next ride. We have everything at ourautoexpert.com. Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen on the air. And joining us is our auto expert, the better half, the taller half, the more beautiful half, the shaver and cleaner half, um, why are you frowning at me, Jen? You talking about Andy? Yeah. Oh, he's taller than you? Yeah. Tec- on Three a technicality. <laughs> I'm shorter than both of you, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nick was just If it was introducing you, it might have been a different story. It, it's a Nick wow. it, it would have been the female half, the longer haired half with more hair half. Yeah, the best looking one half. <laughs> Is that me? Is She's it, frowning yeah. at you, Andy. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, Jen, you're you're the you're the good looking one. <laughs> wow, she was frowning at you, Andy. No, I wasn't I frowning know. at him. I'm frowning at you. Automatic Andy. <laughs> it's me. How are you? Hi, guys. It's so nice to see you. Um, both of you. Nice to see nice you see too. too. I am a fan. Have you been? Uh, you've been dipping your um, toes into an accelerator of the the Brent Nick the new one. The brand new, <laughs> the two, new one. <laughs> the brand new 2022 Honda Civic. Oh yeah, the Ooh. the the hot hatch yeah. edition. How hot is it? I, it's it's. I even had to use Celsius because it's so hot. <laughs> it's muy caliente, amigo. Uh, can you, what does that mean, Jen? Jen, do you know what it means? <laughs> no. Is it on the menu somewhere? I'm just laughing at It the... means very hot. Oh. 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 Okay. Yeah. So when I order my food at at Taco Bell, I said, no, no caliente, por favor. Yeah, exactly. That, yes. Okay. No spicy yeah, stuff. Yeah, muy Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> Just do an accent. Yeah. Jen, no spicy stuff. No spicy stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know we had Indian food at Taco Bell. Carry on. Nick, I, in Indian. Nick, Nick, I did so much in the Honda. I ate a sandwich, Uh huh. but I didn't get very far because it has two brake pedals. <laughs> <laughs> so this car is unique because it has an accelerator and not one but two brake pedals also known for you millennials as the clutch <laughs> and Jen just got it it's there, all right there's no, a, like, did you see the other shoe just drop right no, there like, wait a minute you do you know how to drive a stick shift no thus automatic Andy yeah, that's what I'm asking. That was the no, joke, I, I Jen. I don't know. I don't Come know on, how to Jen's do just it. catching oh, up no, now. No, I looked I look down. Wop, wop, wop. I was so confused because I looked at the, the shifter thing. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, it didn't just have R, P, and D. It yeah. had numbers. 
Well, you should have called me. I would have taken you out in it. And I don't. I just don't understand the timing. You have to push one thing in, take one out, turn it to the left, and then make sure the volume's down. And that's a lot to do <laughs> no, just to move. No, it's a timing thing. Yes. I don't like. It takes a lot for me to move anyway, and I don't want. He's that messing much with extra. your head, Jen. Yeah. Anyways. And if you don't have the windows down, it's not Yeah, the windows always have to be down, period. <laughs> so, Nick, I got to drive it. Yeah. And I was luckily able to have the, the nice, the, well, they're all nice, but the, the best version of it. Yes. Um, there's four of them. Yes. And I got the tour, the sport touring edition. Nice. I'm sporty. Yes. Uh, it's made in the United States of America, by you're, the way. You're only sporty when there's a spider in your room, but carry on. Yeah, because I don't like little things that move quicker than me. Yes. Which is most everything. Yes. Uh, the Civic, it continues, Nick, to be the number one retail car in America uh -huh. and objectively the number one vehicle in the industry with millennials and Gen Zers. You say objectively like you're not sure you believe it. But yeah, okay, no, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Okay. But no, it's real. Yeah. Um, it averages 31 <laughs> miles per gallon, Nick. Yeah. Uh, it has a six-speed manual transmission that uh -huh. I very abruptly realized. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's available. You can you can get the two liter. Yeah, it was. I, I didn't know you can't go from one to six. Okay. There's like other. There's numbers in between. You have to follow it. Like okay. one, two, three, four. Uh huh. I didn't know that. Um, so you can you you can get the uh, the two point zero liter or the one point five liter turbo just, engine, Nick. Just as information, three minutes left to get through this. Go okay, ahead. which means you can get your fries that you called in. At nine o'clock, you can you won't be late. Um, Honda updated the infotainment system. It, yeah. it has the new ADAS or Advanced Driving Assistance Systems. Okay. It even has smarter and more intuitive upgrades with the Touring Edition, the one that I have. Yeah. Which said, "Get out of the car because yeah. you don't know what you're doing." <laughs> yeah. You get you get access to the Honda Sensing, which is sentient, and it's grown new features like the new Traffic Jam Assistant and Low Speed. Breaking control, uh -huh. which I learned also very abruptly. Yes, there the it's a, it has a, yeah, those noises mean something. By the way, <laughs> the, it it has a it has a new sporty and simple interior design that includes the largest back seat ever in a Civic hot hatch. Okay, uh, there's there's big super, enough for you. Yeah, there's big enough for me. So if I can do it, you can. Okay, it has a super spacious. 24 and a half cubic inches of luggage capacity, uh -huh. which it competes with the larger classes. Okay. Of despite being a hot hat. Okay, I like it. Carry and on. And there's that means I can get like a couple of me in there. Okay. Uh, wow. There's two a of you. there's a nine a nine inch touch screen. Uh huh. That you can touch on command. Big as a can of peas. Carry on. Uh, and then. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> there's the the 10.2 gauge cluster is in the front, and you can. It has Android audio that I'm an expert audio? on. Audio? Expert. What about Android Auto? That too. And yeah. and and Apple CarPlay if you if you are so inclined. Yeah. If you need that. Uh, that's what I'm inclined. It also, <laughs> Nick, did I tell you it was built in the USA? Yeah. Several times. It which is great because it used to be built in the UK. Uh-huh. It's uh well, it's rightfully home. Yeah. Uh, Japan. Nick, the the car it's the only car that I I know of that had its own virtual tour and virtual concert on YouTube because it's such a celebrated icon of millennials All right. that we, we, hit, we threw its own concert. We, very, we, a, yeah, a we very, together, a very all the millennials threw its own concert. Yeah, we pulled together our money and threw the Civic. Damn tour. millennials. And it's, 
it's uh, overall really fun to drive. I like it. Those were my those were my top favorites of the 2022 Honda Civic Hot Hatch Touring Hatchback Edition. Jen, we got through it. I can't believe we actually got through it. Two breaks. I Two just breaks. I would have loved to see you drive that thing. <laughs> he did well. He did. He did great. Good review, Andy. Now I'll do the TV review if you don't mind. More Hour Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert. Find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. If you direct messages, ask us a question. Because... Automatic Andy can answer it. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Our auto expert. He is an independent analyst and investor. Anton Wallman joins us. So you can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. Anton, it's uh, been quite a while since we had an opportunity to talk. So tell us what has been going on in the auto industry since we took a break. Uh, Tesla sold over 300,000 cars in the fourth quarter of 2021 but where and sales are barely up in Europe. So what is the big news for them? Well, Nick, uh, this is the end of the year that just ended. So we're starting to get a lot of end of the year reporting from various geographies and automakers. Not all the data has been fully compiled yet, but some of it has. And in the case specifically of Tesla, um, clearly, they delivered better than anybody had thought, which was about 308,000 vehicles in the fourth quarter. The issue really comes down to where did they actually sell all of these vehicles? Where we have the best reporting so far is from Europe, and the numbers are barely up. So clearly, the upside didn't come from Europe. So they came from either uh, somewhere in Asia, most notably China, of course, or North America. And in North America, what we do know is that they had this big deal with Hertz. So the issue is really primarily here, one of which uh, to what extent that they transferred ownership of a fairly large number of vehicles in the fourth quarter uh, to Hertz and what kind of vehicles were they precisely? Were they all new? Were they built yet? Were they used, uh, lightly used? Were they, what, 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 basically did they drain everything that they had that had a metal part associated with it? Uh, and uh, and uh, sign them over to Hertz at some price um, and under what terms. So clearly you have to view uh, this 308,000 sales number for the fourth quarter in that uh, context of uncertainty. Oh, interesting that uh, Tesla may have not been as uh, forthcoming. And their numbers are always a bit of a challenge to work out, though, right? Well, you know, they report just a lump sum for the company for the quarter. Tesla doesn't report like many other automakers do, for example, like essentially all the other brands out there, they report a U.S. specific number. So you will actually see every month or every quarter, depending on the automaker, what they sold in specifically just the United States. And Tesla doesn't do that. They haven't done that or uh, essentially for almost forever and certainly not in the last half decade. Uh, so they just don't give a lot of granularity as to where their sales are coming from. Right. And uh, that makes it harder to really pin down what actually occurred uh, during the quarter. Okay, so the Tesla Cybertruck, though, it's, uh, it was promised last year, and I didn't see any deliveries. No, we haven't seen any, Nick. And uh, uh, Elon Musk has famously been 
telling us that they're still fiddling with the design or certainly were fiddling with design as little as a month or two ago. And you know how it goes with design changes, Nick. Once you have made a meaningful design change, I mean, you really have to test and order new parts and all that. And that takes, at a bare minimum, many, many months, meaning a year or more, before you then can get going. So it should almost be no surprise that Tesla most recently took away from its website uh, any sort of hope or guidance that they would actually commence any form of deliveries in calendar year 2022. Uh, And uh, that probably tells us that we're not going to be seeing volume deliveries until sometime in 2023. And that's pretty consistent with what I said already, uh, I think over a year ago now, is that uh, probably not until sometime in 2023. Uh, the Rivian long-term battery has been delayed, and uh, the GMC uh, Hummer um, Ride and Drive, which was supposed to be the end of this month, has been postponed. So where do we look with the other electric truck deliveries? Yeah, we have a, a common influenza here, if you wish, in the, in the industry of over-promising and under-delivering on some of these delivery dates, and uh, symbolically General Motors delivered exactly one, one unit of the GMC Hummer in the month of December. It's kind of funny looking at their table that they released here just a a couple of days ago uh, that showed that one single vehicle having been delivered in in December. So, yeah, there are some delays here and there. But, you know, all of these companies are under pressure from the stock market and so forth to show that they are delivering something that's all electric and hopefully some sexy new product. So, they're all really stretching the definition of what constitutes a delivery. And um, that is something that is uh, uh, coming back and uh, haunt uh, all of them. So um, that is uh, it's very, very, uh, that's a very tall order for them to meet. Um, we're still out to lunch as far as knowing when uh, real deliveries of things like the Rivian are happening. They were only two employees the last time we heard. Yeah, that's right. So uh, basically, Rivian has pulled uh, Tesla essentially, and uh, they have um, they have uh, started deliveries to uh, friendly people, meaning employees and equivalents first. So clearly, they had a numerous set of delays. I think going back over a full year since they were originally scheduled to commence deliveries, and uh, now we're seeing the effects of that as well. So far, I pin my hopes the most, frankly, on Ford. Ford seems to be. Uh, giving a, a realistic assessment, and I, you know, I, again, you can always see some further delays and so forth. But at this point, I view Ford as having the highest probability of meeting whatever they promised, and maybe, and also maybe, GM's delays won't be uh, quite as meaningful as uh, as uh, some of the others have been experiencing. But I think it really boils down to the good old traditional automakers are seeing at least the least amount of slippage compared to the newer players in the field. Yeah, I mean, the orders, um, I, I definitely have a reservation for a Lightning, and uh, they've they've now told me that I, I'm ready to start uh, making my order now. So it looks like they're going to start production of that vehicle. Overall, the industry looks like um, it's an interesting year for some people. I mean, BMW sales up 20% for the year, but uh, other people didn't do so well. Well, keep in mind that we are in an unusual period here because 2020 was one of the most unusual years, if not the most unusual year in automotive history. So when you're making the comparisons of 2021 over 2020, you're, you're, 
you know, we should not necessarily make too much of that because 2020 was, you know, marred by this enormous drawdown starting in March Mm -hmm. and then with a bit of a comeback uh, toward the end. And, you know, 2021 is is, uh, maybe exceeding just an unusual spot in history. So I think that all the comparisons really need to be made to calendar 2019. And at that point, a very different picture emerges from all the automakers as shortages and all of these other problems are going to see almost all of them down rather materially. Okay. Uh, You you have an interesting table here of uh, U.S. sales. Uh, So it looks like uh, Toyota now have emerged as, as probably the king of the table. Well, so uh, what I am showing in this table that uh, listeners can't probably see right now is the single most important segment in the U.S., and frankly, the world automotive business right now, which is a compact entry-level SUV segment that is led by the Toyota RAV4, and then you've got the uh, Honda CRV as the second player, and the, from there it goes uh, south. And there are about a uh, little over a dozen players in that field and in the U.S. for what it's worth, and again, I am contradicting myself here a little bit in terms of comparisons with 2020, but for what it's worth, that is segment was essentially flat overall. So this is the single largest segment in the U.S. market after uh, the full-size pickup trucks. And um, that is something that uh, gives us some idea that despite all of these gyrations up and down, this sort of core center of market segment, essentially on the whole, when you've netted out all of these wild, wild swings, you know, 2021 looked more similar to 2020 than not. Yeah, interesting. And I guess if you put together a number eight and number 10 on that um uh, table Ford Escape and Ford Bronco, which are technically sort of the same vehicle, but right. uh, different. You know, Ford definitely have a huge share of the market. That's right. So basically, when you're you know looking at the the players in this field, there are a couple of brands and auto groups that have more than one entry. So Ford has two of them: the Escape and the Bronco Sport. Volkswagen has two of them: the Tiguan and the Taos, which just uh, entered the market here in late June. So it was just a half a year's worth of a contribution. And uh, Kia has a couple of them with the Sportage and the Seltos. So you're doing that. And then, of course, Ford is pretty strong, having delivered just over a quarter million units. So that puts them pretty high up. On the other hand, if you then combine further, both Hyundai and Kia combined, then they are in turn uh, all now slightly larger than Ford. So there's a lot of them that are bunched up very close to each other after we uh, go south of the two main leaders, which are, of course, Toyota and Honda in the U.S. market in this center of market segment. Yeah, it's interesting that RAV4 is still king of the pile for 2021. With uh, Yeah, they four. lost a little bit of a share this year, but, of course, they held up so well in 2020 uh, that, uh, you know, they had a pretty high bar there. But, yes, that's right. Otherwise, they, you know, Volkswagen has done pretty well here, and the Nissan rebounded very well with a brand-new Rogue where they had a – essentially a full year's worth of deliveries in 2021 after a very abysmal 2020. Yeah. So you have some of these product cycles coming around again, the all-new Hyundai Tucson, which had a good second half yeah. year of 2021, yeah. helped them. So that's uh, that's kind of where it stands. I think what we show, though, is uh, you know almost 2.5 million in that segment sold. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street or Seeking Alpha, and you can, of course, listen to his analysis of the market 
Market at uh, OurAutoExpert.com. He is uh, usually on the show every single week and is probably the most informed person about autonomy, electric vehicles, and, of course, the market as it stands when it comes to sales and information. Our Auto Expert will be right back with a look at what happened at CES. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 17,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream Our Auto Expert. Join the Abbey listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. Uh, Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You know, a weak battery could leave you stranded, so don't take the chance. O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional Professional parts people can help you find extra battery that fits your car or truck at a guaranteed low price. Make sure your vehicle is prepared for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, Mike Cordell is the other half of our auto expert and he joins us on the phone. Uh, Mike spent some time at CES, although we didn't see much of each other. I think probably about half an hour uh, because Mike was super busy um, entertaining uh, royalty. Um, bowing, um, um, having expensive meals, uh, being chauffeured around, um, hoity-toitying with famous and rich people. How was your uh, experience? <laughs> it was incredible. And uh, in as much as that sounds like grandeur, and I, I would have loved to have been doing that, I was on the floor checking out uh, all the coolness that that is CES. Um, I, I got I to tell you that it was amazing that the show wasn't canceled in the midst of everything happening across the country. And I think it would have been easy to go into CES this year going, why are we here? But man, silver lining, went to the airport, got my credentials, showed them my card, was able to get into the show, walk the floor, experience the, the Tesla loop from the West Hall to the, 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 new, the North Hall, Central Hall to the new West Hall. Uh, experience and saw all kinds of really cool technology. Saw a female cyborg, saw a full human powered drone. I didn't know if a, cyborgs had sex, but uh, asex. They, they do. Oh, they okay. do. She had okay. these cool electronical tentacle. Uh, they, they almost looked like dreadlocks um, mm-hmm. off the, the back of her head. And a I saw that over Rasta in, female cyborg. It was a Rasta cyborg. Uh, but automotive, again, the theme. Um, this year was really cool. You had uh, Fisker, who we saw in Los Angeles, of, of course. We saw the debut of their vehicle. They talk, highlighted and talked about the inside of the vehicle with their new ADAS system, which is you know all that cool technology with radars and sensors to detect objects in front of the vehicle, solar-powered yeah. roof. But for me, and your listeners all know, you know how big of a Ford fan I am. I came away with this, the Chevy Silverado EV, uh, as a, a slight a slight lead ahead of the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning for me. I really dug the new Silverado. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. It'll do 400 miles of range, right? It's uh, built in that new Factory Zero in Detroit. Uh, it's on their Ultimum EV platform, which means it'll have the four-wheel steering. Correct. Yeah, it'll have the Ultium batteries as well, which is kind of becoming the new gold standard for battery tech in the auto industry. General Motors still holding true to their ability to bring more electrified vehicles to market. You can tow with this truck. But, you know, here's what's going to happen, and this is just my, my forecast on the electric market. Uh, 
you know, there was a time when electric vehicles needed to look super futuristic. They needed to look different to capture the minds of what people believe the future might look like. As we now get into mainstream electric vehicles, and I'll just take the Rivian, I'll take the F-150, and I'll take the, the Chevy. It's all going to come down now because there are 400 miles. You're talking about 400 miles range of all these, these electric trucks. Which one do you like better? I think the styling of the Silverado EV takes the cake for me. I really like the look compared to the competitors in the market. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's where we're going to be. A couple other things for you um, at the show. Some highlights. The Cadillac, another General Motors company interscape coming up off uh their you know this new electrified vehicle but the halo one and halo two talking about aviation yeah uh, the ability to fly autonomously with uh, drone technology uh, kind of like air taxis so cool so sony showing off their first uh their first electrified vehicle now yeah. again all all these are multi-platform right they're all using partner companies to build them but yeah it was fun i really enjoyed the show interesting that uh, hyundai announcing that they're going to become a robotics company that was kind of a mouth dropper. Yeah, you know, I you know, I think what's unique is that as we learn more about technology in the marketplace from an electrification and autonomy standpoint, right? These companies are getting better at, at making products self-drive. People movers, you know, the ability to think about them not being electric vehicles, but to think about them more uh, from the tonality of them being robots, right? They are robots moving on the road with AI, um, artificial intelligence technology. And Hyundai is doing it. They bought Boston Dynamics, uh, which is a leader in robotics technology, and they're you know bringing these really cool people movers to market. And everybody's sort of following this suit. Chrysler now uh, introducing their Airflow, their first electric car. Uh, that will be here by 2025. And the brand saying they're going to become an all-electric brand as well. Yeah, and I, I feel like I have to be careful in how I describe Because I could, I could come on today and be like, my favorite vehicle to show, the Fisker Ocean. My favorite vehicle to show, the Silverado. This Chrysler, like, I left the show go, man, that is super cool. Like, it looked like a cross between an Audi RS Q8 and a, and a Taycan from Porsche. Like, right. it just, uh, it was one of the sexiest vehicles I saw at the show. Hand, hands down to me, really cool product. Yeah, and the, the way they use light, it just, it looks great. And Ralph Shields does a great job in designing his vehicles. Um, the LED lights, you know, the whole syncing thing, work and home environments, uh, the screens everywhere. They do a great job with that as well, I think. Um, what do you think about some of the technology that we saw there, like uh, Weijo uh, now collecting all this data from your vehicle? And when you have an accident, being able to automatically know what parts are damaged and having them at the dealership on the shelf when you, you know, when you go to the dealership because it knows what you need. One of the interesting, and I'm not going to call it failure, but I'll call it a learning lesson of the auto industry over the past you know, 50 years, is that we build products, and once we build them, we bring them to market, but then we don't study how those products impact the roads that we're on today. And Wejo is a unique company where they're using all these data points to use the technology, the information that's up in the cloud off of these electrified and autonomous vehicles. So these radars and sensors collect data. And they're now able to predict using the data that they have. So imagine the 91 freeway for those in California listening or the I-65 from Nashville up to uh, Chicago, uh, these main arteries that run through the country, being able to predict when the traffic is the highest, when the traffic is the lowest, where the big, biggest or most accidents at, that's one side of WeJo's business. The other side is knowing your vehicle itself. So if it has the ability to read 
off of the sensors, all of the product attributes of that vehicle. Imagine being in an accident, and as the accident is happening, and you're in real time with a law enforcement officer filling out you know, information on what happened in the accident, but the vehicle's onboard computer is already identifying the broken parts and ordering those for you so that it makes your service experience more seamless and, and timely. That's a pretty cool, cool yeah. way. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we're going to have you next week, and we're going to book half an hour if that's uh, if that's possible because uh, i got a lot more to talk to you about. I want to hear about that uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, oh. and I want to hear about, uh, sorry, the Jeep uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer stuff that you've been doing because I know you went on a great family vacation. OurAutoExpert.com, you can see Mike's videos right there, and uh, you can listen to this show right there, and, of course, we'll be back again the same place, the same time next week. The whole crew will be there. Until then, just go to OurAutoExpert.com You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at OurAutoExpert.com Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at OurAutoExpert and message us for a quick and witty response.